before we start on this episode, we wanted to let you know that you can watch our Catalog and Cocktails episodes live with us every Wednesday via Zoom. Check the link in our channel bio for more information, and we hope you join us in the discussion in real time. Now, let's get back to the episode. Hello, everyone. It is Wednesday once again. Welcome, welcome to Catalog and Cocktails, your weekly live hangout and podcast where we have an honest, no BS, non-salesy conversation about enterprise data management and analytics with tasty beverages in hand. I'm Tim Gasper, a longtime data nerd and a product director over at Data.World and joined by Juan. Hello, Tim. How are you doing? I'm Juan Cicada. I am the principal scientist here at Data World, and always a pleasure, as always, to take a break in the middle of the week. Last week uh, was it a, was an interesting one couple, well, that we started with the Catalog and Cocktails, our first episode, and I'm super excited to kind of keep this growing. So how are you doing, Tim? How's your week going? I'm doing great. Uh, it's uh, It's been a, a fantastic week so far. And uh, I'm just jazzed up about data, man. Our conversation with Peter last week just has me thinking all sorts of data thoughts. Doesn't that sound great? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really great. So we kicked <laughs> off uh, last week our first episode of, of Catalog and Cocktails with, uh, with Peter Bayless. Uh, he's a founder of CSU Data, and we had this great conversation about what's the future of analytics, uh, right? Something's after the Tableau dashboards and stuff. So, uh, but today we're going to have an interesting discussion about the data mesh and the data fabric type of stuff. But before we get into there, uh, what are you drinking, Tim? I am drinking uh, something simpler. It's just some uh, uh, bullet bourbon. Uh, and then I got some a uh, little bit of bitters in it. Uh, these are um, San Saba San Saba Sans bitters. My uh, my wife got them for me. She knows I uh, I like my bitters. It's got rosemary, cinnamon, lemongrass, coriander, and cardamom in it. It's actually really good. I really like ah, so it. So you're a big bitters fan. Because you always I have am. bitters. I got to get more into that. I I'm in this. I bought this uh, passion fruit syrup last week. I had this passion fruit thing with gin, I think it was. And today I'm like, well, there's rum in front of me and uh, rum and passion fruit. So I did kind of some, uh, an old fashioned style Caribbean thing. And, and it's uh, pretty strong, but um, it's, I mean, I can't complain. <laughs> nice. That sounds good. I know you've been getting some good use out of that passion fruit. Uh, syrup. I, I have, I've been, t- I've been, t- testing it with a bunch of stuff that we have there. Anyway, so reminder for our podcast listeners that we record Catalog and Cocktails live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central, and everyone's invited. We stop the recording at 4.30, and we just kind of kick off the Octa Party and just uh, continue the discussions. Also, join our Slack community at slack.data.world. You can join the Catalog and Cocktails channel and say hello. We want to continue the conversation there on Slack, too. Uh, So what are we cheering for now we have our drinks? Well, so uh, uh, my Cleveland Browns, unfortunately, lost. Uh, So uh, cheers to them. There's always next year. (laughs) Well, I'm going to cheer for an interesting uh, statistic. Uh, Overnight, we passed, we're now over 4,000 plays on Catalog and Cocktails for the podcast. And I did not expect that. I mean, this That's is like, huge. This That's is huge. awesome. We have, besides all the people who join us live, we have around 150 people who are listening to us every week. Um, that's really cool. I'm, I'm yeah. hopeful. And everybody who's listening in, 
uh, please, you can reach us at podcast at data.world, uh, or you can find me on Twitter. I'm Juan Cicada, um, and Tim is at Tim Gasper. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm so excited about this, and especially thinking about our lineup coming up and some of the different speakers we'll have. Um, I think that uh, you know, folks that are listening, uh, you're in for a lot of interesting conversations. So please keep on, keep on listening, keep subscribing, and for those that join us live, we're excited to have you here. And uh, hopefully, y'all are are subscribed as well, so you can keep up. So b- before we go on, so Tim, I've been asked to ask you, what's your excuse for the Cleveland Browns? Well, you know, after being such a, a a loser team for so long, you can only accomplish so much in a given year. You know, it's it's baby steps, right? We we made the playoffs. Baker right. Mayfield is officially the the savior of Cleveland, so we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. Well, I I got nothing else to add to this conversation because I don't follow <laughs> sports that much. So. Sports ball. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let, let's kick it off to some data. Let's talk about this. So, uh, last week uh, in the after party, we asked uh, the crowd like, "What should we go talk about?" There were different topics, and the one that came out was the data fabric and the data mesh, kind of the battle of the buzzwords. It's the next thing. So, is your data fabric turning into a data mesh? Right. That was a joke that somebody wrote there. But anyways, let's. So how are you? How, how do you want to go approach this? Well, I, th- I think that it might make sense for us to kind of define these two things first, um, just to kind of level set. And honestly, definitions is going to be a little bit of a loose term here because there's, you know, the analyst perspective and there's how vendors and other people are talking about them. So we'll do the best we can. We'll give it the Tim and Juan try. Um, and, and then maybe we kind of compare, like, how are these different? Are these, are these valuable concepts, you know? So how about you, 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 you take the data fabric, I'll take the data mesh and then we'll combine and see what happens out of that. Yeah, sure. I I, I think that sounds great. So, so data fabric, that's an interesting one. So that's been a concept that has been sort of circulating for actually multiple years now. It's kind of had its ups and downs in terms of sort of popularity. Um, but it's it's really about uh, not a technology or a single vendor, but an architectural approach that allows you to be able to handle the sort of dynamic and fast evolving needs in the data space with a, uh, a cohesive approach, right? With thinking about the different parts of data management, the different challenges there are, uh, and kind of um, having a, a unified approach to be able to tackle that. Um, Wait, I got, and, so I got to stop you right now. Everything yeah. you've said to now has been pretty BS, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty vague. It's so, so vague, let's try, come let's, on. Let's try to get more specific. So let, let's use the definition here. So um, it's a design concept that informs and automates the design, deployment, and use. Oh my God, I hate this definition. I'm gonna stop right there. I hate that definition. All right, let's do the Tim definition, right? So the Tim definition is Fancy that- Fancy data integration, right? Just like- <laughs> No, that, that's master data management. <laughs> so when I think of a data fabric, really, I think that you've got a few core problems that you wanna try to solve and you need to do in a cohesive way. So we'll, we'll, let's switch this to real talk here, right? So you want to have sort of a unified approach to security, right? When people need to get access to things, you want to be smart about the way that you're giving them access. And ideally, you're not having to repeat yourself all the time. So that's one thing is this idea of sort of unified approach to to security. You also want to be able to provide access to data in the way that people need it, 
right? So if they need it via an API, if they need it via SQL query, if they need it via a BI tool, if they need it via streaming or some sort of an IoT, right? So there's the way that you want to access data, right? Um, there's the kind of processing that you need to do with data, right? Sometimes you want to be able to process data in batch. Sometimes you want to be able to do a streaming analysis or stream processing. So really, data fabric is about how do we have an architectural approach that tackles this complexity, data and metadata, in a smart way that works well together. That was a mouthful, but do you so I feel have... better about it yet? Uh, not really. I'm trying. I'm trying my best. But but so you you have the Gartner definition. I am so curious. Can you read that out? Or do you have it there, Handley? Yeah, I started it. So um, a design concept that informs and automates the design, deployment, and use of integrated and reusable data objects, regardless of deployment platform or architectural approach. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. How, how, so is there more you want to add about the data fabric, or, do, or should I just go start here riffing on the data mesh? Well, let, let's 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 talk a little bit more about fabric uh, before we move on. Which is that? So I I, th I think it's obvious that people have a lot of data. People want to work with the data in a lot of different ways, and you want to have a unified approach to sort of access and policy, right? The things I kind of just said, and core to the idea of a data fabric is that first of all. You want um, you want metadata to be at the center, right? Because obviously things like policy and bridging the physical to the logical and thinking about how you want to process data, metadata drives a lot of that. You want to know where things are. You want to define these sorts of things, the policies, the classifications, and let that be core to, to your fabric. Um, and then the second thing is around um, the idea of orchestration, right? The idea that because you've got all these moving pieces, you want them to work well together, there has to be a strong orchestration layer that is able to coordinate these things, right? And, and, and then I think the rest of it, right? And I think Gartner and other, other analyst firms really embrace this is you're allowed to kind of project things onto this, right? Like, you know, you may have a more big data, Hadoop, data lake sort of centric approach to data fabric, and that may mean certain things, right? Uh, increasingly, uh, firms like Gartner are pushing more of the um, the uh, the knowledge graph centric approach, right? The idea that really uh, building around a semantic foundation is actually more valuable, and I'm sure we'll have more thoughts on that in a second, right? Um, there's also a very data integration centric approach to data fabric, right? Companies like uh, Informatica, for example, right? Where they push a lot of like ETL is the core of your fabric. And then you wrap that with the perspective of APIs and master data management and things like that. So um, I think that's probably the best way to kind of sum it up there, right? There's, there's a lot of pieces. There's a lot of approaches. How do we make it work together so that you can catalog your data, make sense of it, get the integration working together in a well-orchestrated way so that people get the right access to the data that they need through a, a unified layer. So, so I want to share, so Shane, and Shane in the chat is saying, if it takes more than five minutes to articulate it in a clear way, then it sounds very vendor analyst BS term to me. And I, and I agree, I agree. And Ashley is saying, I think it's an attempt to find a quick analogy for stakeholders to understand a complex problem quickly, whether it succeeds in that is a different story. 
I also agree with that. I'm Whether it succeeds, right? <laughs> so my my no BS definition is data fabric is to data integration as what data lake is to a data warehouse, and it's just a, I think the, the, the it's a it's a modern it's a quote unquote modern way of thinking about data integration. And when you start looking and reading all those the analysts report, there is so much of kind of automation that kind of feels that that's part of the story. There's a lot of kind of magic wand. So it's like the ideal data integration uh, with a lot of automation, but I think they acknowledge that it's still far away from it when you start looking at those analyst reports. Um, I also I also like to make the spec that this is, there's a spectrum that I see when, when because there's actually now companies calling themselves that are selling data fabrics, right? Yeah, that that to me really kind of weirds me out when you know, when like the analysts are specifically saying, no, this is an architecture, it's a solution. But of course, that's so ripe for a vendor I'm to like, be like, but, well, I mean, you thought it was an architecture, but hey, pick me, pick me, I've got a fabric for you. Actually, I've been, re I mean, I've been following and reading all these, the, the analyst reports and over the over a couple of years, like they've had these ups and downs and they've changed a bit. Um, and and I, I see the spectrum that you have on one side you probably have people who are claiming I got a I got a data fabric product and and, and pick me pick me I, I can do all these things, and then on the other side of the spectrum you have you have um, other vendors who are like oh we can build the data fabric for you because to build a data fabric you need data quality tool you need a data virtualization tool you need a data governance tool you need it and we got all these tools for you right now do they all work together or not that's a different question yeah it's right? kind so of a um a systems integrator's dream right if you're one of the big si's or something like that uh, if you can convince somebody that they should implement a data fabric hey you, there's five different tools and a lot of services that you can probably bring to bear on that right yeah so I think it's that spectrum that you are that people are that we're that we're seeing right now is that people are claiming that we can, we're data fabric, which means we can help you on a data integration. We have the one tool, we're the one stop shop for everything on data integration. You got, we, we cover you all the way from data to, to even sometimes like, you know, like analytics and stuff. They do a whole shebang. Other side of the spectrum is, wait, we have a bunch of tools that you can pick and choose and you just, in the one, depending on what you pick and choose and how you build your data fabric. So it follows more of that approach. And I guess there are things in the middle kind of that spectrum. Um, anyway, that's kind of my position. And, 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 and I think I, I call, I'll be honest, I think this data fabric is a lot of, it's just a reframing of, of fancier data integration, right? It's kind of like the same way in a way how we change data warehouse to data lake. Um, well, I think the fact that we don't have a lot of case studies on it, right, is is evidence that it's hard to make as practical as I think everyone would like, right? Like, there's no like, hey, look at Netflix's great data fabric or something like that, right? At least not that I've seen. So I I know that you personally have become very interested in in a different concept, right? Maybe maybe you want to introduce how yeah, that how that's defined. But before let's talk about before I go to the mesh for one second, I want to think yeah. about. The the, the, the term fabric, I think about it also as kind of like you define the fabric of your society, right? The, the, it's that thing that interconnects with everything and makes us, that's when you use the word multiple times, cohesive, right? So how do I start connecting all these things together? And I think that is true. I need to go connect uh, my people with my data, with my metadata, with all different aspects all together. And I want to have that, that fabric that connects everything together. So that's how I see the use of that. Yeah, term. connected, cohesive, and and maybe even I'll throw the word out there, a utility, right? You almost want there to be this 
you know, like the grid, right? You can depend on the power grid. It's there. It's it, and it's it's reliable usually, right? Um, and you know, ideally, that same metaphor works for the idea of the data fabric. The data fabric is there. It serves you. It's always what you need, right? Yeah. So let's talk about the data mesh, and, and I'll be very honest here. But my, I I've been following this for a while, and I'm really excited about this the data mesh. It's it's this framework that, I mean, framework. No, it's all it's the data mesh is a paradigm shift. It's a paradigm shift about thinking more about modern distributed architecture. So it's it's a shift of of we're all coming from this world of data lakes of centralizing everything, right? And, and I think if you look at the original uh, article from the from ThoughtWorks, which by the way, I'm gonna paste it here in the chat. Um, they think, they, they describe the problem, not surprisingly, is like that this first generation is we have data warehouse. The second generation is we go into the data lakes. And the third generation is about, wait, it's data lakes, but real time and now it's cloud. So we're basically kind of taking the same data lake to the next level, but it's still the same data lake. Eventually, we're still encountering the same problems, right? What we, what we riff about, it's the same problems that 30 years ago from, that we see in enterprise data management. Now, the data mesh is the shift of a paradigm. It's about thinking from centralized going to a modern distributed architecture. And what I love about it is that it's it, you really got to change your thought process and the domains that you work with in, in your organization, those need to be first-class citizens. So if you're, if you're in retail e-commerce, one domain, you, you have your domain of, of orders, right? You have domain of customers. You have your domain of maybe of events that you throw or, or stuff like that. So these are the main domains that you do. And what you want is that your data infrastructure, you have a data infrastructure, you have hammers basically, and those are self-service. And every single domain, right? If even my, the, I'm the marketing domain, I am the one or my team in my domain, we can go use that self, that, those, that, that data infrastructure code to go do our, 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 to go work with our data. And now the most important aspect here is, and this is, this is music to my ears. We got to treat data as a product. Mm -hmm. And I think, and I'm going to read this out. The data mesh platform is intentionally designed as a, is an intentionally designed distributed data architecture under centralized governance and standardization for interoperability enabled by a shared and harmonized self-service data infrastructure. So I think it's, it, it's not that BS here. We can, we can break this up. I'm going to say it's a distributed data architecture. Mm -hmm. But we agree, we acknowledge that there's a centralized governance and standardization. And why do we need to standardize the governance and, 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 and the standards? Because we need interoperability. But we are enabling the the every distributed kind of node there to be self-service with a data infrastructure around it. So I think the the, the things that, that that we look into is that um, you you think about as as you're the in your domain, right? If you actually look through the article, they go through the idea of of thinking about like a, a music or, a, or like you're a media company, right? So if I'm the, the uh, if I manage the domain about the, the music that's coming out, well, that's, I know the best about my domain. Give me the, I wanna have a team of data engineers. I wanna have a, and they actually call out of data product managers. I'm the best, my team is the best to understand this domain. I'm gonna be the one cleaning the data, organizing the data, making sure that I'm, tr I'm, I'm generating the trust data the trusted data, therefore every domain is the one who is going to be in charge of hosting and serving the data instead of the traditional approach of just ingesting, right? And going more of the ETLing. And, and again, the whole issue of having a data product. 
So you are really in charge of a data product. You and you need to you need to you need to define how people are going to go trust it. You need to go people how people are going to go use it. You're defining the APIs around it, uh, how people are going to go access it. And part of this dom- of of this process is thinking about the new skill sets that you need to have within that domain. So. I need to have a, in my domain, I need to have in, in my team I, that works in, in the particular music department, for example, I need to have people who, who can be data product managers. I need to have people who are going to be the data engineers. And they're the ones who are going to really understand more of the domain and they're going to be the best equipped to go uh, manage all that data. And at the end of the day, this isn't just about technology. This isn't about, this is really more about kind of that thought process of, uh, of how to manage the people how to, how to think about it that, yeah, I'm going to take ownership of it. Now, other things that I've looked, that I've seen and kind of talking to a lot of the other folks who have been trying to implement this is on the centralized aspect, you want to go centralize the core concept that other people can go reuse. And, and, and as we've talked before, it's okay if people start kind of realizing that there's conflicts within, uh, within how things are being defined. Let that boil up and that centralized governance will get note of that because people will complain and that's how they go start fixing it. So I said a lot of stuff. So I'm going to shut up and Tim, your turn. No, I think this has got my wheels uh, turning a little bit here. And one of my thoughts about what you said is that obviously there's some parallels here to fabric. But before we go into too much about fabric versus mesh, it seems like domains and knowledge are a key aspect and construct that is sort of matrixed into, or it's, it's at least a major aspect of this concept of mesh. Um, it, it's That's interesting. I, I think we don't necessarily think of domains necessarily as being a, a first-class citizen when we think our, of our data architecture. We tend to think of data architecture more as the tech and the pipelines and the and the interfaces, you know, is is that unique to to mesh? Is that is that kind of a, a distinct aspect of it that it's pushing? I, I think I think that the whole conversation around the data mesh is a, is to is to bring this conversation to the table. Is like, wait, so I I know my data, but I'm being told a data engineer go consumes that takes my data that I manage and then just puts into a lake. All right, it's in the lake. Now somebody else needs to go consume the data that's in that lake or whatever, right? And 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 but all that transformation needs to go around. So at the so at the end, somebody's like, I don't understand this data. Well, I'm the data engineer who manages the data lake. Like, I don't understand that data. Where did that come from? Well, uh, let me go figure it out. Oh, that came from Juan. So by the way, Alice, you go talk to Juan to go figure out what that is, right? But now it's like, wait, it's, it's instead of Alice going through this whole kind of let me call it a swamp of, of the data of the people it's going, wouldn't it be great Alice who's consuming the data can go say, wait, I'm looking for this particular data about follow about music and, and the podcasts that we had and stuff. Well, look, it's I should go talk to the music department. Let me go talk to the data team of the music department and say, I'm looking for this data. And I can go in, yes, yeah, perfect, here it is. And, and you can trust it. it. Basically, you have almost these SLAs, right? I think they actually call them the... Uh, um, they, uh, within the article, they call them service level objectives. Like the data team for every department needs to be able to provide what are those service levels objective. And even if you have a data product manager team, like they're the ones who are defining the KPIs. They're the ones that we've talked about who are responsible for the data. So, and at, at the end of the day, it's just another mind shift. It's a mind, sh- you're, you're shifting your, your mindset here. It's like not, not 
I don't want to just dump my data into one place. Give responsibility to everybody in the in 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 everybody's department. Let them be responsible because they're the best people who know about their data. Mm-hmm. I, I find that really interesting, and I, that's obviously it's a little nuanced, right? And obviously that's why we're having this conversation today because we're trying to figure out how to differentiate between sort of fabric and mesh. But I, I really like Ashley's comment here in the chat where uh, she says, I think the power in the mesh strategy is that there doesn't need to be a centralized governance and that everyone governs for their use case. And the mesh brings it up to a level, uh, brings it up a level and makes sense of it from a macro perspective um, for the high level business use cases without over-engineering for the lower systems. And a- Amen. And, and, and Amen. that is a very interesting encapsulation because there's this aspect of, uh, let's call it like resiliency or or fractal nature or something like that that's built into the idea of the mesh where a part of it can run independently. The whole works well together as well. That's interesting. I, I almost don't know how to feel about it because it feels a little bit, um, I, I have trouble thinking of examples of where I've seen that before or where I've seen that work well. Maybe it's more conceptual. Well, I, I, I've had some conversations with folks that I don't, I don't know if I can say their name, so I won't say their name right now, but other big companies and stuff. And, and, and what I, what I, what they realize is that there, there are these, there are things that um, are the core concept within an organization, right? Um, what is an email? Right, and who's an email applied to? What is an address and stuff? Um, that's stuff that should never be defined. And, and this to go into the nitty gritty details, like we need to have it should just be first name. Like that's how we're going to call call something first name. It's not going to be first underscore name. It's not going to be f name. It's going to be first name. Period. So if you are going to go and you're you're in your own domain and you're going to go generate data that has names, well, you now know that in your in the in the way you're pushing out your data call it first name and not F name because otherwise somebody has to go query F name and then first underscore name and stuff like that. I mean, that's like simple, but very specific example. There's these types of things that you want to go govern at a centralized place. Now, of course, people are, there there are some things that we can all agree upon. Now there are other things that we won't agree upon. Fine. Then let people say, look, this, I'm using this notion of this concept of a customer, but then the data owner of the domain says, I'm using customer here, but I'm telling you how we're using it. And they're the ones who are the best to tell you what it actually means. Somebody else goes to find customer from the sales department and say, yes, here's customer. It's the same words that you're seeing in the governance structure that we have, but we're defining it differently. You can then go to talk specifically and the person who is consuming the data they're already very knowledgeable about how they're cons- what they're consuming, what it means. And it's up to them to go make their decisions. I mean, this is the decentralized approach that we have to go do. We cannot expect that we're going to go centralize everything. And honestly, when we've had the discussion before, a single version of a truth, right? There, I think there are people who, oh, we need to have a single version of the truth, but let's be practical about it. It's yeah. very hard to go do. And people are always going to have arguments about it. At the end of the day, maybe the you people start consuming it saying, look, this is the way the majority of the people are consuming it and, and are, are, are interpreting it in one way. A small amount of people are interpreting it a different way. Okay, that's fine because maybe they have reasons for that. I, but at the end of the day, you want to go catalog all this stuff and do it. And just kind of on a, on a final part, going into the data mesh article, like they, they, they actually define 
kind of all the, what, a, what a data infrastructure would need. What data infrastructure do you need that be able to support this, right? And, and, and right, you need to have, how do you do data product versioning, schemas, uh, de-identification, have unified data access, have data governance, have discovery, catalogs, lineages, right? Uh, all the way to virtualization and caching and identity management, right? So could you find one tool that does all of them? Probably not, but I'm, I know like data catalogs will do a bunch of that stuff. You maybe have other tools like that. So I think that the technology is there. The, the, the tools are there. I think it's more about culture. It's about thinking about the data product manager. Uh, it, it's about the processes. It's, it all goes back to culture, my friend. Oh, there's too much. There's too much stuff. Too many things. Um, so now uh, to kind of bring us home a little bit, I'm thinking about you know, fabric versus mesh, and then, and then, you know, what's actionable here? What's the takeaways? So, you know, fabric versus mesh, it certainly seems like fabric is a little bit more, even though I know there's some distributed aspects, especially distributed architecture, that is fundamental, the idea of a fabric, it seems like a fabric is a little bit more of a centralized concept, right? I want to provide more of this utility to uh, the company to make sure that they have sort of a unified and cohesive set of services around data that that work well together, whereas mesh seems to be a little bit more uh, decentralized. Is that is that one fair uh, assessment? Well, definitely the mesh is decentralized by definition. I think mm -hmm. fabric, honestly, is open to interpretation. I think an, an immediate interpretation is like, oh, this all has to be centralized, or and at least the 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 I, the, the folks who are claiming that they are a data fabric product or they're selling data product. I believe that they're seeing themselves as a centralized tool. Like, yes, put everything in my data fabric so we can see it. But I, I think at the end of the day, actually, we've, we've talked ourselves with, with Mark Breyer, right, from Gartner. And, and I think our, mm -hmm. we talked to him last week and he literally said the data, for him, a data mesh and data fabric is the same thing. So, well, well I, th I find that true true right but but then also gartner sees you know mesh a little bit like a, a mesh network and they talk about like the you know the the networking like a mesh network kind of thing so i i you know i i I find that sometimes this conversation about you know fabrics versus meshes and things like that starts to it starts to become too um difficult it becomes unwieldy <laughs> yeah well I, I think for me, the main so takeaway time, my, sure. my main take, the takeaway here is that this is a paradigm shift. So the so if we start with that data mesh and data fabric are the same thing, let's just kind of, let's, let's sure. start with that assumption right now. This is not a technology. So actually people who are selling a data fabric, honestly, I'm going to call BS a bit on it. And I'm saying this is more about a paradigm shift. This is about thinking about setting up within your organization having a centralized governance structure, decentralized data ship owner by the domains, and every department needs to have its own data team, data product managers, data engineers, knowledge scientists, and they're the ones who are going to be experts in their domain. This is not about technology. This is just about a different cultural mindset. The technology is out there. The tools are out there. You need a catalogs. You need lineage. You know that stuff. That tool is out there to go implement that stuff. That's, that's, that's for me. So, and if data, and then let's call data fabric, data mesh the same thing. And then you can go, you can go build that. There's only just choose all the vendors out there. Maybe in summation, better, smarter data management. Well, I call it the, 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 I, this is the promised land. This is the ideal, the, 
the ideal way to actually manage your data within the organization and give the responsibility to the people who are actually who should actually be responsible who, and who can actually take the responsibility and who are actually motivated to take the responsibility. If I, if I don't know my business, if I don't know the business of how do I know what, what incentivized me to clean up this data and make it beautiful, right? If I own, this is the data that I work on. This is the, this is the, this is the application that I go manage. And, 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 and I'm proud of that system and I'm proud of the data. I'm proud of everything that we're doing. And I want people to go use that because I'm excited people to go use my data. Of course, I'm going to be incentivized to make my, what I've always called the beautiful data. And I think, so if you give the responsibility to people who are closer to the data who own it, they're going to be incentivized and they're going to be proud to go share the data. And they're going to be proud to go, uh, to go uh, um, be stewards of their data and so forth. I find that, I find that very, very interesting. And honestly, this is a great conversation. I, I would say my biggest takeaway and maybe the takeaway that I'll, I'll try to pass on to our, our, our listeners is uh, learn, learn about Data Fabric, do more reading about it. Learn about Data Mesh. Obviously, the Martin Fowler stuff is is some of the uh, uh, the perspective that we've been 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 looking into and 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 find very interesting. And and think about your own problems, right? What are you, what are the problems that you're facing in your own organization? And 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 how can some of these architectural, technological design and and business process, business culture thoughts come to play to really help you move to um, a better situation, right? And, and obviously, technology is just a part of that, but, but can be a helper. Tim, always a pleasure. I'm excited uh, to have the after party because that chat is just all lit up, so it's going to be great. I think folks are ready to talk about fabric and mesh and maybe their preferred noun, right? Maybe they prefer <laughs> quilt or let's see, let's, something Let's come like up that. with a new word, data, data quilt or something. Anyway, you know, our, our, uh, our VP our, of marketing hates the term data hub. So if anybody wants to talk about data hubs, you're banned. You're not allowed on the show anymore. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Uh, and next <laughs> week, stay tuned. We're going to have Ashley Faith, who's a director of Knowledge Graph at EBSCO. And I think that we're going to, we're figuring out the nice topic. Uh, we're going to push out the abstract uh, later today. But I think it's going to be something around data therapy. Stay tuned. Have a awesome. good one, Tim. Thanks, everyone. Like and subscribe. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.